Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Hey, good morning, Jamie. Not such good news on the eastbound I-10. Uh, no. Not, no, yeah. it's been kind of a rough morning oh for commuters. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So uh, keep it locked here for all the information and just take it easy on the way in. Thanks, Jamie, and good morning, everyone. 9.05 this morning, a compelling interview. If you've not heard from, if you've not heard Congressman Juan Siskamani speak, um, he is really a, one of the smartest people I've heard in a long time, especially speaking on the border issue, and that's going to be a big part of what we discuss. I've got 30 minutes with the congressman. And so we're going to talk with him from 9.05 until about 9.25 or so in two segments. And uh, we are going to spend a lot of time talking about the border issue. He's an expert in that regard. We also were going to talk with him about the debt ceiling and some of the other things happening in the first 100 days of the session. So all that's coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. We're going to start this morning with the settlement between uh, Dominion and the Fox uh, News organization. And so there's a few things you need to know about this. We're going to get into this a little bit. Um, uh, Aaron Katursky from ABC is talking about this. Now that the settlement's been reached, nobody has to testify. $787 $787 million is short of the $1.6 billion Dominion was seeking after watching Fox News hosts and guests repeatedly give voice to false claims. Hosts Maria Bartiromo, Laura Ingram, and others now won't have to testify about exchanges like this. Disturbing irregularities have been found. Off the air, she said Trump's attorney, Sidney Powell, who was pressing the false claims, is a bit nuts. Sorry, but she is. So uh, the other they say here, because what the the attorney from the Dominion uh, company um, said that well, I'll let you hear this. This is uh, John Paulus, the CEO of Dominion, talking about Fox News and being wrong in what they said. If you look at the documents, uh, I think they speak for themselves. Um, they did acknowledge uh, they did not argue falsity. Um, and uh, the the motion for summary judgment was extremely clear. In fact, you actually use the language crystal clear. So then this is what Aaron Katursky reports from ABC that Fox said. Fox admitted no guilt, but said in a statement, we acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. $787 million is short of the $1.6 billion Dominion was seeking after watching Fox News hosts and guests repeatedly give voice to false claims. Former Fox News broadcaster Bill O'Reilly, such a big name in the industry, said this is what happens when money becomes more important than honest information. Since I left FNC, that's Fox News Corp., the template changed from fair and balanced to tell the audience what they what it wants to hear. Um, this is a problem, I think, across the board, but I don't want to start getting into other networks. We just need to talk about this one. Um, as many of you know, I'm familiar with many of the people that work at Fox. Um, I've known Hannity for a long time, used to be on his show quite often as a guest before I got my own show. Um, so I know Sean a little bit. Glenn Beck and I have been friends for years. Um, Glenn was kind of a mentor to me for a very long time and has been so instrumental in helping me in so many different ways. Um, and uh, Bill O'Reilly and I. I worked together on an event um, here in the Valley years ago. I was on stage with Bill and answering questions and kind of helping him host a show. So I've had some interactions with a lot of people either there or at one time were there. And uh, this is not an easy thing to talk about. Um, because they were fair and balanced. I mean, that's what they called themselves. And it was this big battle about things, and it has changed. And so now, do are they able to gain back... Uh, do they want to gain back a, a reputation of being a news organization or is this all going to be about 
opinion? Is it all going to be? And and the problem is, when you get my opinion, you get my opinion. Um, and I'm not. I'm certainly not trying to hold myself higher in than anybody else, but. When I tell you what I think, I know sometimes it's going to be unpopular with the core demographic of people I've associated with. Election integrity being one of them. The Dominion voting machines being one of the issues. But I I would rather lose my job than feel as if I have to play a role. I'm not an actor. Um, and and if you are believing behind the scenes, if you are saying one thing, and then when you are going on television, you're saying exactly the opposite. Uh, whether or not it's a lawsuit, I don't know. They settled it. It's done with. How it would have ended had it gone all the way through the court system, I don't know that either. But chances are, if you're settling for that much money, you believe your chances of being successful are not that good. So I say all this because it's difficult for me. Um, you know, Sean has been good to me in the past. Sean Hannity's been good to me in the past. Uh, I don't know Tucker Carlson, never met him. Uh, but the idea that you are going to say behind the scenes, this is this is terrible. This is crazy. This is nuts. We got to get this person fired. We have to do that. Um, you know, that's not the, not the way news organizations should run. Is this going to be a warning to other news organizations? This is another great question. We know that there was in my well, – I should say we know – I know, in my opinion, that other news organizations have been complicit in pushing down stories that they don't want to talk about. Uh, the Hunter Biden laptop thing where, you know, the members of the government were saying, hey, this talk, don't talk about this or this looks like Russian this and all that. But they didn't do their due diligence. And it's still a story that's a huge story, in my estimation, that hasn't been covered by news organizations. And some of them played this down, downplayed this immensely. Um, and so. So are other are they in trouble now that if you don't tell this story or if you're not covering it, people are going to come after you. Uh, the lab leak theory that everybody was mocked for for dare saying that this might have been a lab leak. And they it was not just that it was disagreed with, but the, are these warning signs to networks that you have to get off your partisan high horse? And if you're going to call yourself a news organization, if you're going to enjoy the protections that the media that the that that media gets the press gets and our protections under our constitution, then you're going to have to act like a media organization or a journalistic organization. And I don't know the answer to that, but it's going to be interesting to see coming down the road for sure. Um, so I want you to hear another comment from the CEO of Dominion, and this is what he said about being honest. For us, it was never really about Fox per se. Uh, it was about telling the truth and the media telling the truth. And again, are you feeding a narrative? There is there's a big lesson to be learned in a lot of this. And so how will it all be played out? This is to me is a big deal that we are we are now seeing uh, organizations where when they read that when you read some of the text messages from behind the scenes, it sure does appear that people were going on television and telling an audience what they wanted to hear. But they were not necessarily believing that when they were saying it, they were saying we we're going to lose a big chunk of our audience. And, I'm, you know, here's here's a good example of this. If you go back to the early days of Donald Trump running for the presidency in 2016, um, there were and then when he got elected. Glenn Beck was a never Trumper, and he he came from a genuine place. He genuinely didn't like Donald Trump as president of the United States, and he said so, and it cost him. 
it cost him a lot. A lot of his audience walked away for a time. And, you know, there's people that respect you. But if you're not telling them what they want to hear necessarily, they're going to go somewhere else to hear it. And he lost a big part of his audience for a while. But to Glenn's credit, he was able to turn a corner. And what he ended up doing later on was come out and say he was wrong about some of the assumptions with Trump. He was pleased with some of the things that happened during his presidency. Um, And so I will tell you from someone that knows him really well, I was shouldn't say really well, pretty well, that he said what he believed was the truth and then let the chips fall where they may. And I would say that I don't know if that's what drove him away from Fox, but there's just a difference now. And it's, it's bothersome to me because here we are still arguing about the 2020 election. Here we are arguing about 2022, and a big part of it here in Arizona is whether or not we should do away with voting machines and go to a hand count. And a lot of it stems from these conversations going back to 2020 that appear to be a false narrative. So why would we, and I'm talking about all of us as voters, why would we continue down a road if there isn't any evidence there? And if there isn't any evidence there, then the question has to be asked, why are we still talking about this? Um, And there are still people out there that believe the voting machines were tampered with, and there's been investigation after investigation. The special master, John Shattuck, did an investigation um, and found no evidence of tampering. And so why aren't we looking to fix things where they need to be fixed instead of saying something happened, nobody knows about it? Now we're finding out, you know, Fox News paying out over $700 million. That's a big number. That is a big number. And I just hope it opens people's eyes. In a moment, we're going to talk about the economy. There are some indicators out there of what a flourishing economy is and which are the top 10 and bottom 10 states. Arizona's doing really well in every one of these polls. We'll give you the details next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Don't forget, about 30 minutes from right now, we speak with Congressman Juan Siscomani about the border issue. You just heard in the newscast, Senator Sinema is holding Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary's feet to the fire on the issue of border security and, uh, and how the cartels are using social media to recruit uh, traffickers. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that with the congressman and and a lot more in the nine o'clock hour. The annual Rich States, Poor States report has come out. And economists Stephen Moore and Arthur Laffer, Jonathan Williams, calculated each state's economic outlook by taking into account 15 variables. Taxes, minimum wage, policies toward unions, quality of legal system to create a financial uh, final ranking. So in this, um, one of this is most of these states here atop the top 10 list. Here they are. Utah. North Carolina, Arizona, Idaho, Oklahoma, Wyoming, Indiana, North Dakota, Florida, and Nevada. The bottom 10 states, Maryland, Hawaii, Oregon, Maine, California, Illinois, New Jersey, Minnesota, Vermont, and New York. So they also factor in where Americans are moving. The 10 highest tax states lost nearly 100 in one in 100 residents in net domestic migration between July of 21 and July of 22, uh, while the 10 lowest tax states gained 
the same number. Last month, the study found that New York imposed the most burdensome taxes on its residents in all 50 states. Uh, the rich state, poor states report ranked each state's economic performance over a 10-year period from 2011 to 2021 based on three variables, gross domestic product, absolute domestic migration, and non-farm payroll employment, all of which are influenced by state policy. Again, Utah, number one, or I'm sorry, Utah is number two. Florida is number one. Arizona, again, top three. This is a a great thing that we are seeing. Texas is number seven. Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. And then the bottom states, Vermont, New Mexico, Wyoming, Illinois, Hawaii, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, I'm sorry, West Virginia, Connecticut, Alaska, and Louisiana. The reason why I mention this is because there are things we know that inflation is largely a national and a federal problem, but there are things that states can be doing to ease the burden on people in their own state, businesses in their own state, and businesses look just like everybody else does. You take into account, if you're going to buy a home, you take a lot into account. Yes, it's the price of the home, but you look at the neighborhood. If you've got children, you want to know what the school districts are like. There's a lot of factors that go into where you buy and where you settle. Corporations are the same way. What we've done in Arizona is make it easier for small business, too, which I think has been a huge part of the economic engine in Arizona. And so when you here in Arizona, there is now a clearinghouse. There's a website that you can go to to start a business where there is basically a checklist with links throughout the process of how you can go to this one place and do everything you need to do to start a business. That's huge for someone that has a good idea. You know, uh, learning as I did the hard way, as an electrician, I was a very good electrician. I was good at my job. Even as the manager of a company, whether it was the service manager or whatever it was I was doing in a management capacity, I was good at collecting money. I could bid work. I was good at, you know, keeping, getting the number right. You know, in my management position of making sure that we are bidding the jobs appropriately. We're not leaving money on the table. We're not overcharging when it came to collecting money, making sure the jobs run efficiently. I was a good manager as well. Um, but that's not the business part of it. All the compliance issues that you have, the OSHA, the, um, uh, uh, the NSDS sheets, all of that stuff that you have to have, um, in on job sites, not to mention the privilege tax licenses for every city you do business in, submitting those forms, paying that taxes. There's a lot that's involved in compliance when you're a business owner. And even getting that business started can be a daunting task from starting. What kind of a corporation do you start? A C-Corp, an S-Corp, an LLC? What are you going to do? There's a lot of questions. And you end up having to go to 18 different people just because you have a good idea to start a business. Arizona has kind of streamlined that process for small Small business startups. That's a huge advantage. I talked yesterday about the ability for someone to come to Arizona and go to work. What I mean by that is you come from another state, you've got a license in another state, bring that license with you. Hang up your shingle, go to work while you go through the steps to comply with Arizona's requirements for your business. And what that does is it allows you to not have to take a job in an arena that is outside of your expertise. You can go right to work. It sounds like a very simple idea to some, but I will tell you that this is a, a game changer for many people. And when states do what Arizona is doing, 
lowering the tax burden. The compliance issues have kind of been eased, and you are seeing small and big businesses benefit from that. They come here. They start here. They hire people here, which then inflates wages because more and more people are needed to be employees. So it's a seller's market when it comes to the t- you know selling your skill set. It is a recipe for success, and Arizona's done a very, very good job at it. So that's just kind of the basics. We'll talk more about it. Don't forget, we've got Congressman Siskamani coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. But in just a moment, Gatos is going to join me, and it's the Big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q poll question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Got a lot of problems out there, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got uh, gas prices that are over $5. Yep. We've got uh, high inflation, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've got the biggest problem in Scottsdale. Oh, by the way, we got that poop water on the way from yes. uh, Phoenix. I forgot to mention. Yes. H-P-O-O. H-P-O-O. Uh, but we do have a, a big problem in Scottsdale, and I, I'd like to tell you about it if you have a moment. Yeah, I, I know where you're going because I'm talking about it later this morning as well. A Scottsdale HOA, HOA uh, will require DNA testing <laughs> of all dogs in the community <laughs> because someone isn't cleaning up after their dog. Uh, do you support the HOA's uh, decision? I don't uh, support any HOA. Oh, I see. I, I hear you. See, I like HOAs because um, even though I've had a few problems here and there, uh, I feel like uh, I feel like my neighbor is not going to paint his house uh, pink and purple and uh, put the truck out there and take off the wheels and make the. I like it. I like a pretty neighborhood. I'm bougie, you know. I, I agree anyway. with you. But how many? I've lived in Phoenix for a long time, and I I, I don't think I've seen maybe once I've seen a purple house. <laughs> it's the stupidest. Uh, it's the stupidest example, isn't it? Everybody uses the same lame example, right. including me. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, so so why can't people just don't clean up after their dog? So the HOA says, okay, every dog. I, how do you take a DNA test? Is the dog? Do you stick the, the the thing in the dog's mouth, or do you? What do you do? Is that how know. you do it? Do they swab the mouth? I, I don't know. I, I've never done it before, so I, I have if, no idea. If you don't do it, you're gonna get you're gonna get fined two hundred and fifty bucks. Right, but they'll do it for free. That's I would, the thing. I would pay the two fifty. Yeah, see, I think a lot of people are like you. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm, plus, they're in Scottsdale. They're rich. They don't care about two hundred fifty bucks, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Anyway, so uh, pay the two fifty. Don't get the dog swabbed, and then just keep bringing the dog out, and they make a mound of, of stuff but, on somebody's lawn and leave it. So here's the thing, though: somebody from the HOA. Yes. The same goofball that drives around in a golf cart that makes sure your front door is the right color and all that stuff is now going to have to scoop up dog poop and be the CSI for the HOA and get DNA tests on the poop. This is the – I'm getting a little angry. If I am a dog owner in Scottsdale, I go with you. I pay the two fifty fine, and now I don't clean up after my dog. Mm-hmm. That's what I do because I want that guy cleaning up after my I, dog. I, re- I want that guy scooping up that big, huge pile of manure. See, I rented in an HOA once, and okay. um, it was a horrible experience. <laughs> um, my this neighborhood is called Norterra, like everything else in that neighborhood, so it doesn't narrow it down. But if you take Thirty Fifth Avenue north from Happy Valley Road, it used to uh-huh. dead end into my neighborhood. 
neighborhood called Norterra. I okay. got a I got a letter because I backed into my driveway, and I'm not exaggerating at all. About a half an inch of my tires on my driver's side were oh, hanging sure. over the edge of my driveway and over those little granite stones. Yeah, they sent me a letter telling me I was in violation for parking on the rocks. Yeah, I hate yeah. HOAs. Th- they could be brutal. They could be brutal. I, but I'll tell you what. I bet you Scottsdale likes this. I Ooh. bet you that community says, "Oh yeah, right. we've got, we've got, we've got, uh, we've got a dog that's going and doing his business and not cleaning up." <laughs> let's let's get this done. Good for you, HOA. I oh. guarantee you, that's how they feel. Gatos, you got me worked up. I appreciate it. Yep, we've got a rogue dog out there, Mike. <laughs> a rogue dog. Thanks, Gatos. See ya. The Big Q poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers.